Anyway, my name is Christy Rockage, and I um, have been a parishioner since probably 19, I'm going to say 1993. I'm married to an incredible man, Mark, for we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Um, he's not Catholic. We have two kids, Lauren, she's a junior at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and our son Matthew will be graduating from Dana in one month, three hours, and 25 minutes. <laughs> and he'll be attending the University of California in San Diego. Um, since I've worked with that same incredible man for 24 out of those 25 years, and I'm soon to have two kids in college, I figure that has gotten me one step closer to heaven. Um, I was born in the 60s and a cradle Catholic. So, in looking back, even though I was, like many in my generation, under-catechized, I figure I was blessed with a super holy name, super holy first and middle name, and a last name that, had I known what it meant at the time, I might have probably started my real estate career earlier. So, my legal name is Mary Christine, and Christy, as my mom decided it was going to be, but spelled Christ with an E, that she managed to tell everybody that asked, because everybody did, why you spell it that way, why do you do that? And myself also asking her, why mom, why do you do that? And Christ with me, so I figure that um, that, combined with my earlier influences with the Blessed Virgin Mary, have influenced, I think the Blessed Virgin Mary has had a hand in everything. Um, my mom's name is Avi Maria Regina, so um, I'm sure that that, those two, her name, and the Blessed Virgin Mary have been, have been um, with me all the time. Um, my last name is, my last name, my maiden last name was Kaufmann, which means salesman in German, so that's how I find myself here today. So thanks to the Galaganis, who are past clients, uh, for asking me to do this. I, my first um, comment to Jane was, I'm not that interesting. So, okay, so, um, after the last two, I can see that all these struggle. <laughs> anyway, um, so the earliest memories that I have of faith in my household, uh, my mom had religious stuff, or sacramentals as I've come to learn that they're called, all over the place. So we had a, a picture of Our Lady of Perpetual Help at a certain place in the entry. And uh, back then, people didn't redecorate and decorate. It just was what it was, especially with six kids. I'm number five of six. And there was rosary beads, it seems like, all over the place near the ashtrays. And statues all over the place. And there was a statue of um, um, St. Francis of Assisi that was hanging outside on the tree outside of our kitchen window that I remember like it was yesterday. When she sold the house in Northridge, I asked, Where, who got St. Francis? And, you know, there's still a mystery. I don't know what happened to St. Francis. The glow-in-the-dark rosary beads really comforted me at night, you know, when the lights went out. Um, I have beautiful memories of um, attending St. Elizabeth Elementary School in Van Nuys, and it was a big deal for us, and I, I still am not sure exactly how we ended up going all the way to Van Nuys when it was a perfectly good Catholic school near our house, but all six of us, maybe because my mom, I'm sure, she's always excited about being different, so all six of us would take the bus, two buses, two city buses, six kids from seventh grade all the way down to first grade, close in age, and all taking the bus together to get to, to school. Um, I remember receiving First Holy Communion and having and how beautiful that was. 
and I thought I looked so awesome in my daily plaid jumper uniform, and I loved all the positive smiles that people gave us on the bus and the reinforcement we got. And I still remember, I look, I look at huge Catholic families the same way. Um, after, after second grade, my dad decided we weren't going to go to that school anymore. And we changed to public school, and I remember missing the daily rosary that Sister Michael Jean led us um, around the Statue of Mary. So I still remember Mary being really influential to me at that time. So I'll fast forward through my teens and 20s, um, but along the way, since, there have been many, many events that I would say had great impact. Um, inspiring me to learn more about my faith or to take action. So, um, Marlene and Vince Cerati, Marlene, rest in peace. And Vince is really sick right now, but they were neighbors. And they invited us to come to their 35th wedding anniversary. They were renewing their vows at the Mission Church. And Father Art, at the time, was not ill. And we all stood around the altar when they renewed their vows, and it was the most beautiful, beautiful experience. And I remember thinking at that time, I want to do that. I want, you know, I want that. I want my kids there, and I want family there. Um, when my daughter was born, when Lauren was born in 1992, I had nieces and nephews. I babysat. I was around babies all the time. But when my child was born, this was a miracle. Where were the batteries? She had no batteries. I don't know why, how it hadn't occurred to me before. It was an absolute miracle. So I had a major conversion at that time. It took me a while to get, so when she was about two years old, I decided she's going to be baptized. So I met with Father Doug, called the church, and said, I need to get her baptized. Father Doug says, come on in, meet with me. He says, where are you in your faith? And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he said, well, you have First Communion, and confirmed, and uh, so that was probably the first time I made a really confession in a long time, because I got to confess that I ditched CCB, and that I hadn't been confirmed, and that we weren't married in the church. And so he said, tell you what, what I want you to do is I want you to go to RCIA, because... You can baptize her, but if you're really going to do this right, you need to backfill. You need some. You need to backfill. So I went to RCIA, and at the end of RCIA, our right in this because the church wasn't built yet, so um, I got like a triple whammy. I got to be confirmed. My husband, God love him, got to sit through the three hours and have our marriage renewed and vows renewed in front of God and everybody. And Lauren was baptized a couple weeks later. Um, I would say that um, that was probably the biggest catalyst. Um, that was probably the biggest catalyst for change in my faith. One of my sisters tells people she's my born again Catholic sister. Um, I had kind of a rough start of it in, uh, because I was righteous and I was probably not a whole lot of fun to be around, but I felt like I had some lost time to make up. Um, the more I learned, I was humbled by the enormity of what it might actually take to learn about a church that has 2,000 years of history and what it might require of me. My faith was impacted a lot, and I'll kind of work a little bit of work now, even though I'm going to talk about that later, but through my work, I'm knocking on doors. I've had a lot of success with knocking on doors and making face-to-face -face contact that way. And I kept thinking when I was writing this, 
you know, knock and you shall find, or seek and whatever it is, the same, but, you know, whatever, and, and, and how profound that has been for me. So in knocking on doors, I met a lot of Christian homeschooling families, both Catholic and Protestant. One door that I'll remember had the Deuteronomy reading that says, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And she had it in red all the way up and around, and I must have stayed there for three hours talking with her. And she flat out asked me, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Well, to an undercatechized Catholic, not quite sure how to answer that. I, I just fumbled and said, well, I probably. I probably did. Uh, I'm knocking on another door, the Catholic door. Um, I remember learning about Eucharistic adoration for the first time. St. Michael's Abbey and natural family planning blew my mind that day. Knocking on another door, I was asked if I had read the Left Behind series and if I knew about the rapture. And calling Father Lenahan at the time and saying, Good grief, what is this all about? And, and him explaining to me, Well, we don't really believe it's going to happen that way, but I'm not going to tell you not to read that series and not to read those books. And reading those books and having my mind blown, but then another person coming to me, Marlene Zarati, and saying, okay, here's the Catholic version, and referring me to Pierced by a Sword, other Catholic fiction. Through that, I was introduced to the Mary Foundation, the Miraculous Medal, the power of the Rosary, the promises of the Rosary. And so I proceeded to launch myself into a one-man Rosary marketing campaign. Since the Mary Foundation pretty much gives out free cassette tapes at the time, this is how far this goes back, okay? Um, they'd give them out for free for a small donation, so I'd send whatever, five bucks, ten bucks, and they'd send me a bucket load of them, and I was giving them out to everybody, whether they wanted or not. Um, one day I was at the gas station, and I was listening to the rosary. This was, we'd already proceeded to CDs, and um, I'm listening to it. And usually, if I stop at a light or the window's open, I would turn it down if they didn't want. I was afraid of impacting people or being rude or whatever. This time I thought, I'm going to turn this up because I need to get this done. I was on the way to a stressful meeting. And um, I'm pumping gas, and the guy next to me says, where did you get that rosary? Where did, how, is that on the radio? Where did you get that? And I said, no, I've got extra in my car, and I gave him one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him in heaven one day and to see what impact that that might have had in the chain reaction. As of November 2012, I attend daily Mass as a priority. Too many friends, neighbors, clients, and family members have sick marriages or in the midst of a divorce, and I had about seven all hit me at once. I really felt um, personal devastation over it. I decided to, to go daily and to visualize these couples united but sick hearts being laid at the foot of the altar. After all, if Jesus can raise people from the dead, he can sure save sick or dying marriages, is what I was thinking. I tell people what I'm doing, and some people are so sad and hopeless, and they're convinced that their marriages cannot be saved, they ask me not to. They tell themselves that the kids will be better off. Since I've seen firsthand the devastation of kids in particular, I tell them that I'm, I'm not going to do it in any way, I'm sorry. Others are so thankful that they get weepy. Really? Daily? You do that for me? They have daily mass? As a result of these actions, I'm in the middle of another faith surge because I'm going to daily mass. I call them faith surges. <laughs> I found Catholic radio on AM 1000. 
Through that, I found that if you really want to make a dramatic change, you got to get to confession every week. I'm excited to see how God plans to use me for his glory next. Mother Teresa said, The work we do is only our love for Jesus in action. If we pray the work, if we do to Jesus, if we do it to Jesus, if we do it for Jesus, and if we do it with Jesus, that's what makes us content. I find tremendous contentment in introducing and leading people to his peace, his love, and his warm embrace. I've been licensed in the real estate industry since 1989. I was five. They made provisions. <laughs> Um, as a realtor, a lot of our work is ministerial. We don't, people don't always buy and sell for happy reasons. We become intimately involved in helping people get through this process. The professional relationship and how to bring up faith can be tricky. I was explaining to Jane, you know, we have, you have relationships, professional relationships where you feel like you can bring things up, or you don't feel like you can bring things up, or... Maybe it's not professional, and I'm at the point where I really don't care. As long as I'm doing it with love, then I, then I do it. So for years, I was polite. I'd ask questions or try to change the subject back to real estate. Today, I'm looking for ways to joyfully and positively evangelize, help people to achieve their real estate goals, and get them to heaven. So I've just got a couple of examples and stories. Um, I recently had some clients that were away from the church. Mostly due to travel, work, family schedules, and just not understanding how important it was. So I would tell them stories about St. Ed's community, the peace, and they're, and they're returning to church now, and they're calling me to thank them, that they're showing up. And they're calling me, remembering the homily. Guess what, Father? Did you, were you at the same mass? And, and so that's amazing to me. I have clients that are not Catholic, and I've invited them to come to Mass with me a couple of times. A couple of you have been really generous and really nice when I've introduced you. And I've witnessed Father Steve, who gives a normally rockin' homily, give that same rockin' homily on steroids, and I'm watching it with new eyes like I'm visiting. And, and having, having this person say to me, oh my God, that was incredible. I feel like he was speaking just to me. Uh, I, I have a feeling of such happiness to be his servant and his messenger when that happens. I recently had an opportunity to convince people not to sell and not to break up their family. Again, people don't sell for happy reasons all the time. And, and I, after three hours and a lot of crying on everybody's part, um, I was able to refer people to Retrovi instead. It's pretty rocky still, so they can use your prayers, but they're not divorced. Um, recently, some sellers, I remember recently last year, some sellers wanted to move up. They had some idea about what was going to be better. And um, I could see that their long-term plan was not consistent with the short-term choice. I talked them out of it. The potential income of $50,000 for me. They thanked me. Um, when I've got buyers in the car, I ask them, is there any particular church that you might like to, to hear? It opens up a whole new dialogue. Whether they're Catholic or not, I get to talk about mine. My kids, too. As a realtor, we're 100% commission. We don't have a retirement plan, we don't have 401k, we don't have any of that stuff. Everything we have to do on our own, we our insurance, we have to plan everything out. So it can be really stressful, but with God's grace, I don't stress over it. I know that as long as I'm putting God first, the business comes to us. And thankfully, my husband handles all that stressful part. <laughs> um, so help me work and demonstrate Catholicism lovingly and with care and compassion is what I pray for. 
I fail a lot. But the glorious moments that he works in me, and when I get it right, are what keeps me excited about being in residential real estate sales and marketing. Thank you. You have a wonderful approach. Are there things that sort of are barriers to uh, Every doing once it. in a while I'll get somebody who's cranky. He throws out, um, there's, there's um, what I call like the top five objections to Catholicism, and they usually have to do with birth control, the Pope, Mary, I don't know what the other two are, I don't know, remember at midnight I'll call you. But um, every once in a while you get somebody who, you know, will say, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Or, or I used to be a Catholic, but this happened. And, and I just take a deep breath and say, you know what? That one used to bug me too. And, or that one bugs my husband, or that's, you know what, oh, that's easy. Give me a hard one. How about, you know, I'm just right handling it. So, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because I've become stronger in my faith and stronger in, in objections and apologetics, and I still have a long way to go. But maybe, maybe in God, God's grace that I'm able to make it seem like it's a non-question, or it's really not something to be worried about. You know, or, or we've learned in sales that when you validate what the concern is, you know, that's a valid concern. Many people are concerned about the same thing, but here's what, here's what I learned, you know, it's, or here's what I believe, here's what, how, here's how we see it. I was at a dinner party, and someone, and it was a uh, oh, priest being celibate and married, and I swear, something's come to me and it's totally by the Holy Spirit. I don't know where I come up with stuff. And they said, you know, it's totally, it's not even natural. It's not even natural that priests should be married, shouldn't be married. And I said, you're right. It's supernatural that they're able to do this. <laughs> I got home and I thought, i got to write this down. <laughs> Shut everybody up. There's 15 people at this dinner party. It was awesome. Anybody else? <laughs>